personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Leaf, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. It's tip of the week, and today we're going to be giving you tips about revenue and commercial real estate. When you're going to look at that real estate, you got to figure out the revenue points and what it's really worth. A lot of people just think it's the rent. How much rent are you getting? But don't you want to know how long you're going to get this rent for? How long is this lease for, Lauren? This is a very important thing. People just look at the total rent. And yes, total rent is important. I'll tell you what I find interesting. On a lot of leases, you'll see that the lease has no term. It's just simply month to month. But the broker who has it listed says to you, you should count on this rent. So we have a few things that we want to go over today because you're going to have to look at revenue, not just simply on how much money is coming in but how reliable it is and how much cost you can expect. So let's start off with the total rent. You got to take all the units that are currently rented and you got to figure out how much money that is. Then you got to figure out how many years you're going to get this rent for. Then you got to figure out if the tenant can get out of the lease. We were looking at a building, lovely building. It was really a great building. I think it was 8,000 square feet, Lauren. And you want to know what was amazing about this building? The tenants were there forever and there was no way out, but it cut the other way. The tenants had ridiculously low rent and they had renewals available on that ridiculously low rent. We'd be buying this 8,000 square foot building, which looked like a steal at the price, to be able to lose money to supplement these tenants' business. I don't even think that the money that could be made paid for the taxes for the building. It was ridiculous. It was like we had the opportunity to fund some businesses. So when you look at things, you got to look underneath the hood. Whenever I buy commercial property, and I'm hoping that when you buy commercial property, the first thing you're going to do after you identify you're interested in the building is ask for those leases. You need the leases. And they might ask you to sign a document to protect them so you don't go around saying to the tenants, hey, I'm going to be your landlord. That could spook the tenants and make them want to leave. So they might be asking you to sign something called an NDA. NDA stands for non-disclosure agreement. And there's nothing wrong with signing an NDA. Well, that's except if you don't have it reviewed by an attorney and you're not an attorney because you might be giving away the sun, the moon, and the stars and everything else. As someone who's signing one of these things, I'm fine to agree. I'm not going to disclose what you give me. But why on earth would I not be able to disclose something that I got from a third-party information source? And why would I be trapped for that? So you need what's called an exculpatory clause in there that says, unless the information is otherwise publicly available or the recipient previously knew it. And what specifically is subject to this non-disclosure agreement? People in real estate to like to use, Lauren, they like to use these NDAs because it makes them feel fancy. You got to be fancy. They use the word NDA. Here, I signed an NDA. Fancy. No, it's, you know, they're fancy. We're fancy. So the difference is that they like to use buzzwords. I don't know if you've ever known this. I actually have asked people that say, I need you to sign an NDA. I'm like, oh, what is that? And they go, because they don't even know it stands for non-disclosure agreement. Paperwork. They like paper. They like paper. So they say these things and they go, they give you the NDA. But anyway, I'm happy to sign an NDA. I will suggest to you that if I'm the person Having you sign the NDA, I have the secret information. I'm going to have a provision in there that establishes 
how much money you owe me if you breach. It's called a liquidated damages clause. Why am I going to do that? Because I want to make it simple and easy for me to go pursue if you breach and scare you to death from not breaching. On the other hand, when I'm the person receiving the information, I don't want a liquidated damages clause in there. And I don't want you to be able to recover attorney's fees against me when you pursue me on the violation. In plain English, what I'm saying is I want to have it be very hard for you to enforce, very costly for you to enforce, and very unpredictable what you're going to get when you enforce it. Regardless, you sign the NDA. You get the leases. And like I said, you want to start off and you want to say to yourself, what's the total rent? And not the total rent that they imagine the place could rent for because these brokers, when you read when you read the descriptions on like the Lupna and stuff like that, they tell you how much it could rent if it was maximum rented. Well, if I work 24 hours a day, I can make lots more money too, but I'm not going to. And it's not always going to be maximum rented. So you get the total rent. You figure out how many years are left on that rent. You figure out exculpatory clauses. What is an exculpatory clause? It means a way that the tenant could say, I'm canceling the lease. A lot of these leases say, on, you have a 10-year lease, but on 60 days notice, you can get out of the lease. Well, to me, that's a 60-day lease. That's not a 10-year lease. This is exactly why you have to read the lease. And you don't need an attorney to read the lease. You can read the lease yourself. You have to look for these key things. Well, Lauren, I'm going to do it two ways. I, I agree and I disagree with you. You must read the lease. Lauren is right. You must, you must, you must, you must. And then you should also have the attorney read the lease after you're done reading the lease. Yeah, I'm saying when you're first looking at the property, before you even hire the attorney, you can look at it for yourself and say, okay, how many years are on this lease? And is there any way they can get out of this? And Laura, my point though is that when you, a lot of people, they do it backwards. They say, attorney, read this. Let me know what you think. I'm saying, and Lauren's saying, you read it first. Write down all your questions. What does this mean? What does this mean over here? Why they write this? Does it say that? And then ask your attorney these questions, Lauren. So we do the exculpatory, their way out. And because, again, it says 10-year lease on page one, but on page 14, it says they could get out on 60 days notice. That means it's a 60-day lease. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. So that was the first thing. What about rent escalation? Just because you're paying a certain amount this year doesn't mean it's going to be the same amount next year. We have a tenant in one of our properties that we just gave a renewal to, and she goes, how come it's more money? She goes, how come it's more money for the next year? And I've been asking the tax authority the exact same thing every year when they raise my taxes. And have you spoken to the electric company? Why do they keep charging me more money? And I don't really understand. I think it's really ridiculous that water costs more every year. You see, in a standard commercial lease, there's a 3% rent escalation, meaning every year it goes up 3%. So if somebody's rent is $5,000 and they sign a three-year lease, that means that every year in that three years, you'll get 3% more. That's what it means. But you know what a dummy once said to me? I was doing a, a commercial lease for a client of mine. And the tenant, the prospective tenant, had offered less money than the list price, Lauren. And a lot less, insulting less. So the landlord said back, I'll take it, but I don't want 3% rent escalation. I want 5% rent escalation. In English, the landlord was saying, when you're getting established, I'm willing to take less. I'm willing to take a haircut. I'm willing to get you going. But as time goes on, I want to, at some point over the 10 years, catch up to where I should have been, and then sometime get ahead. It's like a trade-off. It's a balancing. And you know what the broker said? That's not standard. 3% is standard, and you don't know what you're doing. You're going to kill the deal. I'll tell you who killed the deal, the tenant who offered much less than what the asking price was. They should have just asked. Anyway, what else should you do? You want to check out abilities to increase the rent. What does that mean? 
Well, you see, it's not just the tenant is locked, the landlord's locked too. So if you're planning on doing major renovations and someone has a 10-year lease, well, good luck with that one. But one of the things that we always think is important is it's not just how much you're paying in base rent. What about those common bathrooms? What about those common bathrooms? What about the driveway? You know, I don't know about you, but when there's 12 inches of snow, which I don't know if we've seen anymore, but when there's 12 inches of snow, good luck parking. Who, who shovels that snow in the front of the property? I just want to know. There's this thing called common area maintenance, which is in addition to rent loan. Yeah, and think about winters that actually are winters and there is a lot of snow. That could add up very fast. So you should do your due diligence and, and talk to snow removal companies to see how much that costs because it could really change if you're making money or not on the property. So to bring it back, what we want you to do is look at the lease. We want you to look at how many years are on the rent. How much is the base rent? How much is the rent escalation? Is there a way out of the lease? And... And what common area maintenance, what additional charges does the tenant have to pay over base rent? But then it gets even more fun, ready? Before you close, you're going to want this thing called an estoppel certificate. Why? It's an agreement by the tenant that they're actually paying this amount of money. And it's an agreement by the landlord that they actually receive this amount of money. And it's an agreement by the tenant and the landlord that this amount is on deposit as security. Because what we find in my legal practice is sometimes the lease says A and reality is B. And what a estoppel certificate does is it certifies that everyone's complying with the lease on the date you're buying the property. Because buying a property that has a fabulous lease with a tenant who's nine months in default is probably not the best idea for anyone. You got to find out how they're actually doing. And I want you to look at other things too, because some commercial property, this is interesting, the landlord will say, I'll take reduced rent and I'll take a percentage of profits. I see these often, but here's the problem with that. Does the landlord have access to the books and records? How do they find that out? It's a very good question. And do they get all the books and records or do they just get a certified copy from the CPA after they've done the auditing? I want to know the rules if we're going to be getting that. And then we have more questions. These are more questions for your broker. You got to say to your broker, assuming there's an available space here or there's a short-term tenancy, what's the absorption rate in this community? How quickly are you going to be able to get this property rented out there? Because some communities rent, we have properties that have been sitting and sitting, 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 empty, sitting, 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 and other places are like a snap of a fingers. They, they rent in like a week. And if you ask that broker and they don't know what it is, you should get another broker. Then what we want you to do also is uh, brokers like to use this word price per square foot. They say, your price per square foot's too high. Your price per square foot's too low. But you need to say to them, what about my load factor? You see, I have these common bathrooms that are people are using. I have this common space that people are using. They don't just have the square footage in their unit. They have the square footage for the building. And while you're telling me that I'm high price per square foot if we're just using this unit, there's much more space going on here. So Lauren, here's the thing. We're talking about revenue today, and we're going to start with the lease, and we're going to end with this. Did you know you can make extra money? Have you thought about a UPS FedEx box? How about vending machines? How about storage? How about charging for parking or cleaning or repairs or build-outs? What you need to realize is you look at the lease for the base information, you study the lease, you speak to your lawyer, but then you get creative because that's where the money's made in commercial leasing. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentolieb.com.